You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Chapter one. I don't know if um, I had them there. I may not have, but I I have the letter R's for you tonight. Are they back there, ushers? Brother Fanero, will you get the ushers to walk through the house? For our students that are new with us tonight, and you've come, uh, we are taking this year. I can see we're not going to finish it. Of course, there are 66 books in the Bible. And Brother Sly, may I have one of those, please, if I could? But there's 66 books in the Bible, 52 weeks, and we have youth conference and missions conference and, and all these other events. So we won't get through all the books this year. If we try, we'll do it next year. But we are, in my previous Bibles, I have taken a word, and with every book of the Bible, put a word there that sort of describes what that book is about. This time around, I'm using the letter R. And so you're getting that right now. And I apologize, ushers, I didn't have you get that out earlier. But we saw, and I won't go through all of them, but we saw Genesis was a a word rune, R-U-I-N. It starts with life, and the last verse in Genesis ends in death. You preacher boys, that'd be something good to mark in your Bible. It ends in a coffin in Egypt, the last verse. And it begins with life. It begins with God... And throughout the book, you see in Genesis every type of sin mentioned. There's murder. There's incest. There's adultery. There's lying. There's stealing. Everything you can think of. There's betrayal with the brothers. It's just an amazing thing. All the room. You know, whenever we get ourselves in the mix and dethrone God, there's always room. And we see all these letter R's that we have here. And um, tonight we go to the book of Isaiah. Next week, I'm, I, I really would like to preach next week the book of Jeremiah. I have just almost, I guess, completed it in my personal Bible reading right now, my Bible time with God. It is such an incredible book because it is a book of revival. And because Brother Cooper has been a revival preacher for all these years, I asked him to preach next week. And I said, you know, you just might want, where did he go? Is he already outside of church or is he here tonight? Did you leave, Brother Cooper? Is he still here? There you are. Wow. Second row. Thank God for the influence of your wife. She gets you down toward the front. And so I said, you may want to think about revival and then just sort of give us a brief synopsis, but preach, just preach. And we're going to have preaching next week, so bring your amen. But he told me already this afternoon that I'm not going to use the word revival. I guess he has lost his revival or something. He's got another R. That's pretty good where he's got. I'll tell you what, it would be great. And uh, so we look forward to that. So you be in prayer for next Wednesday night. And I'll have some of these other fellows help as well. But tonight we're in Isaiah. And for our folks that are here for the first time, we have guests here as well. We just really every Wednesday night give a, a, an overview synopsis. Just this is what this book is about. And so it's going to take me a little while to get to my letter R. And I'd like you to jot some things down because the next time you're reading Isaiah, and I hope that you, this will provoke you, so I'm going to read that book. 
you're going to see some things that I hope you can mark your Bible. Um, in my, my uh, Bible, I have all different colors. And there, you know, you do these, uh, now these, what, what are those underliner things called? What, what? Highlighters. Highlighters, that's it. They bleed through, paper's so thin. And uh, I'm not trying to make money off you, but I discovered Clarence Sexton years ago said, Brother Treber, if you'll use this type of marker, and I said, man, that is great. He gave me one, so we bought them. They're in the bookstore there, and uh, I bought a whole bunch for my wife last week. No, she bought them herself, come to think of it. But, uh, and you can put different colors in. Like any verse in the Bible that talks about uh, riches and gold and silver and money, uh, I put a, a dollar sign by it under, in green. And uh, every time it's the word heart, uh, nearly 800 times, I circle it in red. And I have different colors for different things. I really just believe that your Bible ought to be marked. Someone once said, mark your Bible and let your Bible mark you. I want to, I want to work with this Bible. I want to know something about this Bible. I believe in, Brother Bertram's this way a lot with words. I like to work, mark the words. And they keep going over and over. Um, uh, Thus saith the Lord, or the Lord of hosts. I've got all those underlined in my Bible. I have the word great. I forget right now. I want to say it 1,600 times. I think everything in life should be great. You go to the last book of the Bible, book of Revelation, it's great. A great city, a great wall, great. Everything's great. Everything's great. Hey, how you doing? I always, someone say, how you doing, pastor? I'll do one of two things. I'll say, I'm defeated, I'm discouraged, I'm depressed, I'm mad, I'm angry, I'm downhearted, and I'm low. And by that time, they say, <laughs> funny, funny. And sometimes I am, but I never tell them. I don't want people to know. I'm not going to go online and say, I'm really down today. Why would you do that? I have a migraine today. I, I have a sore toe today. I didn't put any lavender under my third toe last night. I'm having a hard time. Why would you do stuff like that? I, 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 I'm going to preach a message on the crazy things of the Internet. We publish so many things. You're, you're, you're not catching this tonight, but I'm having a good time. But the book of... Isaiah is such an incredible book. Just some things about it by way of introduction until we get to RR. Isaiah preached for 62 years. Bobby Robertson, same church, 61. 62 years. And this ought to be a great encouragement to all of you. After 62 years, he had zero success. Uh, next week, uh, Jeremiah, I want to say it's 42 years, or maybe 41, so 41, 42, and he had zero success. You know, sometimes we put too much emphasis on success. God never puts emphasis that much on success. He puts emphasis on faithfulness. And so you're listening, Pastor. Your church is back in a holler, and you got there 10 years ago. It's running 50, and now it's running 52. God bless you. You're probably being a faithful man. You stayed 10 years. Why, why do we take it that? And by the way, why do churches that grow, we have to blame them and say, something's wrong with the big church. I was sitting in a church years ago. I was preaching in a meeting, and the guy before me or after me, I think he was before me, he preached about, our church was a large church already, and he preached about the pride and arrogancy of preachers that have large churches. And I thought, well, God bless you. I never said anything. But I thought, you know, you didn't need to do that. In fact, most of the preachers I know that God's blessed their work. Maybe he's put us in a large area or something. There's a lot of people. I find that they battle 
just the fact that this thing is too big for them. My goodness. 62 years he preached. But just stayed faithful. You can be faithful. I can be faithful. As I look at uh, Isaiah tonight, we'll get some scripture in a moment. Isaiah was a highly educated man. He, Isaiah was a man of the city. Amos was a man of the country. God can use you. You're, you're, you're from the country. God can, God can use a country man in the city, and God can use a city man in the country. Stop thinking that you have to fit into your culture. Figure out what, where God wants you. And figure out if God wants you to be a junior age Sunday school teacher. Well, I'm not good. When I was young in this church, I had different guys come up to me and say, I'd say, I'll give you a boys class, a junior class. And I said, I'm not good with kids. I'm more of an adult teacher myself. I haven't had somebody say that probably in 30 years, which I'm glad. You know, if you cannot teach third grade boys, you certainly cannot teach adults. And what's wrong with, the, ask Curtis Riddle, what's wrong with teaching the clubhouse for 80 years or whatever he's taught it? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with the, uh, Brother Kerry, over 40 years, superintendent? Brother Skirty, over 40 years, superintendent? Uh, Brother Manley, over 40 years, superintendent? We have four superintendents of departments in our Sunday school, uh, all in this church, not other, this church been here over 40 years. What's wrong with that? God, God used the man of the city and God used the man of the country. Isaiah, and you may want to mark some of this if you want to think about this next time you read it. Isaiah was a man that saw beauty in everything. For example, let's think about trees. When you read the book of Isaiah, and this is not all of them, but let me give you a few of them. He's going to write about the mighty cedars, the oaks, the firs, the pines, the box trees, the sycamores, the cypress, the olive trees, the myrtles, and the vines. You know, when a man gets to be in throng with the creation of God, he sees those things. I think you'd have to admit, because you've been stuck behind somebody at a stop sign today, perhaps, or stop light, and the light went green, and they didn't move because they were doing what? They were doing this. But most people miss the sun up, sun, sun, sunrise. I don't know what time it gets up. I, I know by the time I get up at 9.30 or 10 every morning, it's already up. But uh, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's getting later every morning. You see that? But the sunrise, have you ever watched the sunrise? Have you watched the sunset? Brother Tim, our son is... I think watching right now, he told me to dad watch his midweek services tomorrow night on Thursday night. They rent a school. And from time to time, we've always done it. He'll, he'll send me a picture. Look what he painted tonight. And I'll pay, send him a picture. Look what he painted here tonight. It's just beautiful. Have you seen the beauty of the sunsets? Have you, do you love, I love trees. I just love trees. I planted 28 trees on our property, and I and I uh, and I I look at those trees that were six six feet tall, and now they're gigantic trees. And I was looking up the other day. I said, "Now, Lord, those leaves are so beautiful, but by this fall, I'll have to rake every single one of them." I I don't know how it happens, but I take one of those green cans and I jam pack it full every single week, 52 weeks of my life. 
I'm always trimming. I'm always cutting. Have you learned to enjoy trees? I like white birch trees. I just love the look of a white birch. I like oaks. You ever, ever study about the, uh, excuse me, the, the, the maples? I love the maples. I, I just thought there was maple trees until many years ago. There were hundreds and hundreds of variety. And if you want a, a, an orange maple or you want a liquid gold uh, uh, or you want the auburn color or the red color, there's so many different colors of, have you looked at them? I like this season of the year, about another month or so, our leaves are going to be changing. Well, I know it's not like maybe the south or the, some other places, but we get a lot of trees changing colors now. I'm laboring this. You know, I think God's people ought to be aware of God's creation. And not only does he talk about trees, but you know that he talks about waters. In the book of Isaiah, in one of Mark, he's going to talk about fountains and streams and pools and reservoirs and rivers, and he's going to talk about the springs. All of that. The man is descriptive about trees and about waters. The man is descriptive about uh, rocks. He talks about rocks and ragged rocks and jagged rocks and the cleft of the rock. He talks about the earth itself. He, he talks about mountains and valleys and hills and forest and the woods. Are you getting the idea that the man is observant? The man's seeing all this. The man's watching all this. Now, this is not exhaustive because I just sort of went most of it from my mind on this, but I think of animals. I'm not much of an animal lover. We had dogs growing up. Thank God we never had. And I know you like them, but we never had one. Though I married one. Her name is Cynthia Ann Treber. That spells cat. Cats and I just don't get along. I just, I'm sorry. Uh, there's probably no cat lovers here tonight. Are there anybody who would, you would, you would love a cat? You're, you're a cat lover. Carl Harder, you have got to be kidding me. You're the only person in the church. Let's give the invitation now. You get right down here right now. Come with your wife because I can tell it's her cat. But you feed it and Fluffy sits on your lap. I know, I know how this stuff works. You know, this, this, this man, he doesn't miss anything. Here's what he writes about. Lions, bears, sheep, goats, wolves, wolf, deer, serpents, eagle, lamb, cow, dog, birds, beasts, fish, and there has to be others that I just didn't think about. Are you, I know I'm in a long introduction, but you get the idea. The man's observant. He's watching. I won't tell you all the secrets. But generally, I look at the color of a person's skin or face. One of our men, 39 years of age, came out the door. And I said to him a few years ago, I said, Jerry, I'd like you to go to the hospital this week and get checked out by the doctor. Something's not right. And I was close enough to him I could say it. By the end of the week, he called me and said, Pastor, I'm full of cancer. I had his funeral a few months later. Are you watching? Mothers, are you watching? We had a school teacher that 
that watched a little girl, she became so lethargic several years ago, and finding out that little girl was diabetic, and told the parents, I think you need to check her out. Sure enough, she was diabetic. Are you watching your children, how their skin color looks? Are you watching, and I want to be very careful, I say when someone, there's a great sudden loss of weight, I'm watching that right now. Are you watching the eyes sinking in? Are you watching the eyes? I don't mean to hurt the Davis girls, Amy and Heather, but when your dad summons me, your mother called, and he came off the road, and, he, and I knew he had it in the past, cancer. When I got to El Camino, I walked in that room, and I talked, and I tried to be kind and polite, and I walked out, and it's, I could tell for that season, the, 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 the yellow color, I said, oh, Lord, I'm going to lose him. We're going to lose him. And we lost him. Do you have your eyes open? I watch all the time, and I know sometimes I see somebody in here and there in different spots tonight. Sometimes that happens, your spot gets, I know all that. But I watch when people begin to move around the auditorium other than Craig England. His goal is 52 weeks, 52 seats. He is a nut as a teenager, a nut as a young man. Now he's grown up in life. Well, he's not grown up, but he's older in life. He's still a nut. Are you watching things? Are you watching your kids' friends? I, I, I didn't mean to get there. I knew I was going to talk about this for a little bit. Are, are you watching what's going on in your home? Are you watching that your mate maybe is not happy? Are you watching maybe your mate is just on the winning side, loving God, doing great? Can you compliment that? You're an inspiration to me. Are we watching our married children? Are we watching our grandchildren? Do we have our eyes open to the people around us? So often, we get so wrapped up in our story. Someone is sitting right there, and we, we, we avoid that story. We start talking about ourselves. Isaiah is alert to all these things. Don't you see it? I know you do. We go to chapter 1 tonight. I'll just read briefly here to introduce it, and then I'll give you the R, and then I'll tell you the theme of the book. He served in those 62 years under four kings. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of, let's say the king's names. Ready? Uzziah. And then he summons both heaven and earth to this message. You know, it is so important. I read the account of uh, 7,000 churches that went without one conversion in a year. Not one conversion. And a preacher was asked about it, and they said, uh, don't you expect people to get saved in your church? He goes, well, not, not on a weekly basis, no. He says, that's why you don't have people getting saved in your church on a weekly basis. I tell you what, I'm watching all the time. I'm watching as I'm preaching and sometimes preaching. I said, Lord, I think I saw a lady over here a few weeks ago, and, and I know about her age, and she had been seasoned in life a little bit. And I, I could tell the Spirit of God was working. I could tell. 
during preaching that Sunday morning, she just got listening and careful, and, and she came, and then that week got saved, and the next week got baptized, just kept coming. There was something going on in her heart. Can't you observe things like that? And here, he says, I want to summon heaven and earth to this thing. I want heaven in this thing. I want earth, verse 2. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. The Lord has spoken. I have nursed and brought up children. They have rebelled against me. Some of you are so wearisome because you did it right and your kids have walked away from God. God's children, the ultimate parent, walked away from him. You look at the children of God and they rebelled against God. Keep your hand right here. It comes to my mind, Isaiah 5. This has become the last couple of years really one of my favorite texts. Chapter 5, we'll go back in a moment. I will sing to my well-beloved a song. My well-beloved, my beloved touching his vineyard, and my well-beloved hath a vineyard and a very fruitful hill. And God's speaking about this fruitful hill. He's talking about his people. He fenced it. He gathered stones out of it, planted it with a choice vine, built a tower in the midst of it so he could watch all of this thing, observe it all. And, and, and it brought forth, verse 3, two wild grapes. And God said, what could have I done more to my vineyard? What more could have I done? I can't explain it all, but some of you parents, you have prayed and prayed and prayed for your children and raised and raised your children in family devotions and prayer time and Christian school, and on a couple occasions, they have rejected the things of God, so did God's children. What more could have we done? We gave them a good youth group, we gave them a good church, we gave them a good choir, we gave them youth conferences and camps and opportunities and Christian school. What more could have we done? Because it comes down to individual choice. And we can feign ourselves that we're going through it, but all of a sudden, our somebody could come along and steal the heart of our kids. For he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. I've watched many of kids through my ministry here and elsewhere through these years, watch them get stolen by somebody who's not walking with God. I've watched church members get stolen. I've watched couples get stolen. I've watched it. Go back to chapter one, please. Isaiah said, heaven and earth, I want you to listen to this. Ah, sinful nation. People laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers. Children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One. You'll see that Holy One often through this book. You will revolt more and more. The, the whole head is sick. The heart faint from the soul, the feet under the head. There's no soundness. Your country, verse 7, is desolate. Strangers devour it in your presence. 9-11 and thereafter. We should have been like Sodom, verse number 9. and should have been like Gomorrah. God destroyed him. God said, I'm full, verse 11, of your, uh, saith the Lord, I'm full of your burnt offerings. I'm tired of all this stuff. Verse number 14, my soul hateth. They are troubled to me. I am weary to bear them. When you make many prayers, verse 15, I will not hear them. Wash you. God says, Isaiah writes, wash you. 
make clean, put away your evil from your doings before mine eyes and, do, and to do evil. Learn to do well. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Jeremiah's heartbroken. So righteous this book. There are 66 chapters in this book. How many chapters in the Bible? There are 66. How many books in the Bible? There are 66 books in the Bible. There are 39 in the Old Testament, and, and the first 39 chapters in Isaiah, it mirrors what the Old Testament is about, the law and judgment. And he's saying judgment's coming. You keep sitting like this, judgment coming. And when you get to the last several verses in chapter 39, judgment came. And the people of, judge, of Israel went into judgment in Judah. But you know, when you get to chapter 40, it's like the New Testament. Because there's 27 chapters left, just like there's 27 books left. And chapter number 40 is all about grace. He begins chapter 40, verse 1, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. What's, what's Isaiah said? I, I, I'm not going to preach about it anymore. I warned, I warned, I warned. You did not listen. You're in judgment now. I'm not going to tell you I told you so. I'm here as a shepherd to love you now in the bondage that you're facing in your life. And he comes to the children of Israel in grace. Tonight as you look with me at this book, I'm calling the book of Isaiah, the book of redemption. Notice with me in chapter seven, and I'll have to go very quickly now as we expose this word redemption, this thought of redemption. Redemption is to buy back, to purchase back, I told you this summer, and so I won't go back into it, but when I was a boy here in this area, most of the nation had S&H green stamps, but the western part of the United States had blue chip stamps. And you'd go to the Shell Station, the Flying A or the Mobile, and you'd get stamps. And we'd take those stamps home, every purchase at a grocery store, every purchase at a gas station, when you purchase things, you, all, you look for the blue chip places, and, and they give you these blue chip stamps, and then you glue them in a book. And then some of you remember, you take the book after you got a whole stack of books, and you can get stamps, not just one or two stamps, for a, you get a half a sheet sometimes at a gas station. And you glue them in there, and then you take them in Newark right here, right by where your grandfather had a church. There was the redemption store, the blue chip redemption store. And a redemption store, the word redeem is to buy back. And they'll take your stamps, and you could walk through that store, and you'd see an oysterizer blender, and you could see a vacuum cleaner, and you could see this and this product, and you could see crystal glass, and you could see glasses and cups, and you could see silverware. And if you had enough stamps that said, okay, it takes X amount of books for this product, you would redeem your stamps for that product. It was awesome. And God 
wants to redeem us. We have been away from God. And to redeem is to buy us back sin from Genesis 1. Adam and Eve created, created sin. And sin, as a result of that, alienated away from God. And God made his son, Jesus, to be sent for me, the sinner, that me, the sinner, might be made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. December's coming. I can hardly wait to go shopping for Christmas because I always love to hear in the shopping stores, Hark the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn king. Then this stanza, God and sinner reconciled. Jesus brings us back to God. And so redemption, look at Isaiah 7 and verse number 4. He speaks of the virgin birth. Therefore the Lord shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel is God with us. Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse evil and to choose good. For before the child shall know to refuse evil and choose good, the land shall abhor and forsaken both her kings. May I say that this is 700 years before Jesus Christ was born. And Isaiah looked ahead and said, he's coming. He'll be born of a virgin. Go to chapter number Chapter number nine it speaks of our redemption, our redeemer, our savior. Chapter nine, will you read verse six and seven? Oh, I love these two verses. I love them. Will you read them with me? Ready for chapter number nine, verse six and seven. Ready, begin. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is We're talking about redemption and our Redeemer, and we see that his, we see his uh, virgin birth, and we see his name shall be wonderful, Counselor of the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. We get to chapter number 45. There was a teenage boy that was wandering one night. His, his soul was so much in anguish, just so much of anguish, and he knew he was lost, and there's a big snowstorm and, and ice and all, and, and the preacher could not, he couldn't find a church open, this young man. And he, and he looked for preaching. Nobody was preaching that night in London. And he walked down, and he got to this little place here and looked down the alleyway. And he saw a light. He saw a church. And he walked down there. There was just a handful of people there. And the preacher could not make it that night because of the tremendous storm. And a, far, a farmer with bib overalls stood up and said, I ain't much of a preacher, but I have a verse for you. And he literally said, young man, you're here tonight, you're troubled. This verse is for you. Isaiah 45, 22. Look unto me. Isaiah 45, 22. Look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there's none else. That night, James, Charles James, Charles Haddon Spurgeon walked the aisle. His father's name was James. Charles Haddon Spurgeon walked the aisle and said, I'm going to look to Jesus. 
Look to the Lamb of God. Look to the Lamb of God. For he alone has power to save you. Look to the Lamb of God. And he said, son, right here, son, will you look? Will you look to Jesus? And Charles Spurgeon came forward. You know what happened with his life. By 19, he was preaching to thousands of people. Shortly thereafter, still a single man, he had built a big tabernacle. He had been in the opera house in London, filled it, built a 5,000-seat auditorium, filled it three times on a Sunday, preached to a different crowd every time. And he only lived to be 50, uh, if I remember, it was 55 or 58. Had a short life, suffered with gout. His deacons had sent him over to Mentone, France, where he could get some relief out of that London fog. And he'd be there for months. And he'd come back and preach. Oh, may I say, he looked to the Lamb of God. Look while you're there, chapters 47 and verse number 4. As for our Redeemer, we're talking, this book is Redemption. The Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. How about chapter 49? Can you go to 49 real quickly in closing? We'll get there in 49. And how about look at verse number, verse number 7. Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, the Holy One. Let's take a look at chapter 51, shall we? 51. Notice, notice what the scripture says in verse 11, 51. Therefore, the uh, teenagers, I think you sing this. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion with everlasting joy. Oh, the redeemed of the Lord. We're the redeemed ones. How about if you take a look at Billy Sunday's verse? Billy Sunday, I mentioned Sunday the drunk, and he's, it's been said of him that he, whenever he preached, wherever he preached, he always opened his Bible, Isaiah 61, and left it there. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the good tidings to the meek. He hath sent me to bind the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all them that mourn. Oh, I tell you what a Savior. Would you turn with me to Isaiah 41, please? Isaiah, well, you're right there. Let's back it up to 51, 53. Let's go to 53. Look about our Redeemer. Who hath believed our report? And whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant. And as a root out of the dry ground, he hath no form or comeliness. And when we shall see him, this is speaking of Jesus, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He's despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid our, if it were our faces from him, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and he carried our sorrow, yet we did esteem and stricken, smitten in God and afflicted. But he was wounded. Read, read it with me. Ready? Verse number five. Ready? Begin. But he was wounded for our transgressions. gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he opened, uh, uh, inflicted yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter as a sheep before the shears is dumb so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? Oh, he made his grave with the wicked and it pleased the Lord to bruise him. 
I thank God today that we shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge. You see, we have a redeemer. I will sing of my redeemer and his wondrous love to me. On the cross, he cruelly suffered. How I redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Go back and we'll close Isaiah 41. Redeemed through his infinite mercy. Please go back. His child and forever I am. So he speaks to these people that have gone to bondage. Before you get to 41, let's stop off at 40, chapter 40. Verse 29, oh, what comfort. Verse 28 talks about our Creator and our Lord and our God. And he does not faint. He giveth power to the faint, to them that have no might, increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Oh, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as he calls. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord, to wait. What a redeemer. I want you to see our Redeemer as we close in chapter 41. I've never had a life verse. I wish I did. I have a church verse. It's 3 John, if any church member, it'd be an honor, but I don't need to. It's just, I'm always feel awkward with it. But sometimes a child will say, will you sign my Bible for me, Pastor? And I'll sign 3 John, verse 4. I chose it right when I began to pastor here 44 years ago, 43 years ago. Uh, I, I, 3 John verse 4 I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth that's our verse I give it to the college students I give it to North Valley Baptist Church I never signed that on the road on the road preaching I always sign Romans 12 2 and be not conformed to this world but be transformed I've never had a life verse I've wanted one but I believe in the last year or so, I, I believe if I was to choose a life verse, I believe from here forward, it would be Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Look at the three things he does. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. I will uphold thee. My right hand. That's why he says in verse 13 again, fear not, I will help thee. And verse 14, fear not, I will help thee. Don't you hurt for this world? Where do they go? A shrink? A doctor? A therapist? A counselor? Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Isaiah said he, he's able. You have fear? Our Redeemer will take care. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.